to what is not um, a good that is upon us. Wisconsin basketball takes an L in Ann Arbor yesterday afternoon. Hunter Dickinson, one of the most uh, annoying players I think we've encountered in quite some time outside of what, like the McCaffreys or the, so, you know, McCaffrey got to get to Fran, um, or maybe, you know, like Jordan Bohannon, et cetera. Hunter Dickinson with a big three at the buzzer going off, tie it, and then Michigan goes on to win and beat the Badgers in overtime, sending Bucky to uh, another loss, 16-12 and 12 on the year, 8-10 and 10 in conference play, and uh, firmly still on that bubble. I haven't seen anything updated yet. Um, last I looked for, uh, like, the Joe Lunardi does it on Mondays, and the other one, the Jerry Palm, uh, they have not woken up yet to update uh, their bracketology, but it doesn't bode well for the Wisconsin Badgers in that loss yesterday, does it, Rowdy? Friggin' lame, dude. Yeah, it looks like now you're still going to have to handle your business against Minnesota, which you were going to have to do regardless, yeah. and probably find a win against Purdue. And if you don't find a win against Purdue, you're going to have to have a hell of a Big Ten tournament. Yeah, you ain't lying there, dude. Maybe at this point, if you beat Minnesota and lose to Purdue... I don't think you have to win the Big Ten tournament, but you probably got to win at least three games in it. Three, yeah. It's uh, I know that game yesterday. Wisconsin could have had that. No, I saw obviously the uh, the people online getting into it about how Greg Gard is at fault, how he should have had his players foul Hunter Dickinson uh, instead of the three. You follow him, so he shoots two. Uh, yes, I understand that. It was just I don't know, dude. I'm looking right here um, on CBS Sports. And it was big game for Wisconsin and Michigan. Big game for both as they are both bubble teams. And the first, let's see here, on the cut line, the lat, now again, this is before the game yesterday, on the cut line, the Wisconsin Badgers are the first team listed on the cut line. And then it goes West Virginia, Oklahoma State, Penn State. Uh, they would be the last four in. Again, though, that was before the loss to Michigan. Now, first four out. Mississippi State, New Mexico, Michigan, and North Carolina. Um, we'll have to look up what the, some Ken Palm rankings rowdy here and see what happens. Uh, th- this is what's going to be till Selection Sunday. I mean, hell, we're a couple days away from March. Uh, what, two days away from March? Selection Sunday, 13 days away. So this is what's going to be you know, for the next 13 days. Well, there's only two more games left in the Big Ten Tournament uh, for the Wisconsin Badgers. Where are they at? Wisconsin fell to 68. Oh, so they're the last team in on the Ken Palms. Michigan, they're firmly higher than Wisconsin and Ken Palm, but they have been firmly higher than Wisconsin and, and Ken Palm for a while. They're yeah. 41st. Yeah. I don't know. That game is, I mean, Connor is sieging. That dude is ball. He had a career high. Uh, he had a career high. Uh, for a season at 24 points. And then also he broke a Wisconsin freshman record, the most threes scored by a Wisconsin freshman. He had 61 of them throughout the year so far, and that broke Brad Davison's record. So Connor is Siegen rowdy. I mean, that dude was in flago. He only had one three-pointer. He was 1-8 from beyond the arc. He was 10 of 21 shooting field goals. Uh, in fact, Rob Reichel texted me. Did he text you yesterday? No. Robbie texted me yesterday one thing. Can I adopt Connor Asijan as my son? I, just, I responded, and then I never heard from Rob again. Well, if Robbie goes and sits <laughs> somewhat near the Wisconsin bench, I'm sure there is an off chance that he gets uh, yeah. listed as Connor Asijan's father. Yeah, because it's not like that. 
broadcast hasn't screwed that up before. Yeah, uh, what was that against Indiana? Yeah, yeah, they had like they had a couple of those, like could have been his grandparents. Yeah, that was when we I sent the message to you and RJ during that game, and I go, man, Connor Sejan's parents are really old. <laughs> yeah, they were like they flashed it up. I'm like, God, they look. They look well into their 70s. I don't know if that could be a Seijin's parents. And then the Seijin tweeted out after the game against Indiana. He's like, I don't know what you guys are smoking. That's not my, not my parents. I don't remember exactly what he tweeted, but it was along the lines like, those aren't my parents. Uh, yeah, this game last or yesterday it was um, you know, a blow to the Wisconsin Badgers. But uh, what, what do we declare this, Rowdy? A must-win game going into the I thought the this was the biggest game. I know uh, Pipeline, North, Pipeline of the North Troy brought it up. And... I agreed with them. This mm-hmm. was the biggest game. If you won that game yesterday, I think you punched your ticket if you took care of business against Minnesota. Yeah. Now instead, you lost. Now sh- you play Purdue, who is also scuffling here at the moment, but clearly a team that has played much better than you overall this season. Yep. And then there's Minnesota. Now, this uh, the Badgers could have won that game yesterday, obviously. Uh, Hunter Dickinson with a prayer three-pointer uh, as time expired was... You know, the difference sent them in overtime, and then Michigan handled their business in overtime. Max Klesman was balling. Uh, Connor Asijan balling. Dude, I thought overall, for the most part, these are two guys that you don't ask a ton from, but Carter Gilmore played his role well. Yeah. Kamari McGee came out and gave him a lot of really good he minutes. He was balling at the end. But once again, Wisconsin found a way to lose. Yeah, it's just it's just infuriating. Uh, on the flip side, though, I know we don't talk about this team much, but I got to give a shout out when uh, it's due. The Wisconsin Lady Badgers they beat Michigan yesterday. Uh, the Michigan Wolverines on the women's side of things, twelfth in the country. Wisconsin Badger women's basketball uh, takes them down to the Kohl Center, seventy-eight to seventy. So uh, I guess in one facet here, we can talk about a win for Wisconsin over Michigan. It just doesn't have to be the men's team. Yeah, but the, shout out to the Lady Badgers who have been putting together some wins here uh, at the end of the season. Uh, good for them as they're stacking success. They had beat, uh, let's see here, Michigan before that, Northwestern, uh, Rutgers before that they uh, beat, and then uh, they lost to Iowa, then they beat Minnesota. So there you go for the Lady Badgers, a little shout out. But back to Wisconsin, again, do you think in three wins of the Big Ten tournament, uh, this if they lose to Purdue, yeah. probably. Man. Because, I mean, think about it. You'll be, what, 9-11 and 11 in Big Ten play if you split with Minnesota and Purdue? Yeah. Yeah. Probably going to have to go 3-1 and one in the Big Ten tournament. But if you look at the Big Ten standings as of right now, they are below Nebraska because Nebraska owns a tiebreaker because the Badgers, when they played them in Lincoln, went... <laughs> and choked the 17 point lead away in the only game they freaking played them. Yep. As uh, they're both tied sitting right there at eight and 10 in conference play, but yeah, they have the, the Penn state's also eight so and 10. So right now they would be in one of the two, uh, one of the two first games because they're in the bottom effing four of the big 10. Yeah. Yeah. That's yikes. Ohio state below them four and 14 and then Minnesota one and 16 Minnesota. That's, I don't want to guarantee anything for Wisconsin here. That's the last game of the season, but let's, my God, pray for a victory over Purdue. I just want the season to be done. And then Minnesota. Well, then you get Just the, get it over with. Then you get the Big Ten tournament, and then, depending on what happens, March Madness, Rowdy, or the NIT.
I don't think they're paying the CBI. I'm get I'm starting to get a little bit more interested in Brewer Spring Training than Wisconsin. Hey. Late season Wisconsin basketball. That can only mean one thing for the Wisconsin Badgers. More of this. Not good. Speaking of Brewer Spring Training, baby. Two games already under their belt. They're one and one. Three games. Or three three they games. A, they played split squads yesterday. They did they lose two, both of them yesterday? They did. Okay, so uh, one and two, excuse me. I, I, I remember because I was going through um, my phone and I saw the score, and then I saw a different score a little later. I'm like, I thought the score was different than that. So that explains it. Uh, in the first game, though. Which one did they carry for radio? They they carried the Saturday one. No. Oh, so they didn't have a. There's one that today. makes sense if they had a split squad, two there's, games. There's one today, uh, starting at one fifty five, is when the the second radio game will be played. Uh, the first one was on Saturday, and so if you got to hear it on the zone, WOZN here, then good for you. Uh, but my God, what uh, we had a couple dingers, and then uh, Garrett Mitchell had some good stuff to say. And how about this, Rowdy? The new era of Major League Baseball, the pitch clock. Not is, a fan. Is in full effect. There had already been a, a controversy surrounding the pitch clock. We'll have to get to it. As um, also in the was it? There's another league too where a game was. It, maybe that was the the spring training. A game ended in a tie as the batter couldn't get uh, in the box quick enough. They called a strike and the game ended in a tie because of the pitch clock. It definitely has cut down on game times as well. We'll get into it. Uh, I like it, but I don't like it. There's there's two things at play here. Uh, your Milwaukee Bucks keep winning. They can't stop winning. Giannis Dendekumbo hurt again as he had a quad contusion. As the, I can't believe the Greek freak started uh, the game right after the All-Star break with the wrist injury. Uh, he then would leave the game after, I don't know, in the teens of minutes with a right quad contusion. Uh, the Bucks would get a win on Friday. Uh, taking down the Miami Heat, and then they had Saturday off. They get back into action yesterday where they take down the new-look Phoenix Suns without Giannis, 104-101. to The Milwaukee Bucks cannot stop winning. They have won 14 in a row, still a half game back of the Boston Celtics, though, uh, for first and I actually least. watched that uh, Milwaukee Bucks game. It started about an hour before the Badger game and then kind of yeah. overlapped for a while. Yep. Yeah, that was a good game. Back and forth. Drew Holiday was an long. absolute beast. Uh, well, two of the superstars obviously out. Giannis, doubtful, yeah. didn't play. And then you had KD, who I think they said he was looking to start playing for the Suns March 1st. Yeah. Must be nice to take like a month off. <laughs> totally. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, even without the two superstars out there, Bucks got to win. Yeah. And... They just keep winning. Yeah, 14, 14 in a row. It's crazy. All right, uh, a lot to get to. Oh, and uh, the Packers did some restructuring over the weekend, uh, saving some money on the cap. No news from Rodgers. <laughs> yeah, what was it? Jair Alexander restructured. Preston, Preston Smith, Smith restructured. Before that, Aaron Jones. So uh, they're they're chipping away. They're chipping away. Well, you know what the... You know that the Packers had about those 10 moves at the beginning of free agency to help free up money, and they had about, what, three weeks now to get it all done, yeah. or at least as much of it done as possible. So I'm sure we'll we'll have those type of things leaking out every once in a while from Green Bay the next three weeks. Yep, more will continue to be revealed. All right, let's see the phone line's blowing up. Line one, good morning. Who's this? Happy Monday. Evil, I keep playing, buddy. I don't think the heavy stuff's going to come down for quite a while. How about a fresca? How about a fresca? Hey, How, How was the the Bucks game on Friday? I, I went last. I went yesterday. Or yesterday, excuse me. 
It was awesome, man. I tell you what, you said it best. Drew Holiday, he balled out, man. That was so cool. It was a good game. Uh, Evo, just been wondering some thoughts with you all year with the Bucks. What have you thought of Joe Ingles? Uh, well, waited a while to get him into the game. And then uh, let's see here. You got, you know, you got 29 minutes, only four points. I don't mind Joe Ingles, though. He's one of those guys. I mean, yeah, he's a veteran. But anytime he comes in, Evo, I just scratch my head because it's like he'll either make a good play or he'll just make one of those bonehead moves. Kind of like Grayson Allen yesterday, too. They had a three-on-two. three on two. They had their numbers. And Grayson Allen just pops up from the top of the key and takes a three. And nobody was hustling back to the sun, so he gets his own rebound, puts it up again. I'm like, you had a wide-open guy right by the hoop for a layup. Why didn't you just dish it off? Yeah, if you if you go by the plus-minus, Joe Ingles, when he was on the court, their bucks were plus three. So they're three points better with him on the court than that. And then the roughing towards the end of that game yesterday, I was kind of questioning it because there was one, you know, Joe Ingles barely touched the guy's jersey and they called it. And then there was one Evo where he ran into one of the Suns players and they called that foul. I'm like, okay, you're calling Ingles, but you didn't call the one where the guy touched him over the back. I'm like, unbelievable, dude. Unbelievable. And it was just one of those games that's like, are they going to let the refs decide this? But then in the end, tisk, the tisk, tisk. Tisk, 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 big Joe. Tisk, tisk, tisk. Well, I'm glad you had fun in Milwaukee, though, dude. Sounds like a good time. It's Milwaukee, Evo. It's El Gachlan for the good land. Yeah, the good land. Yeah, Alice Cooper told me that. We're not worthy, Evo. No, we're not worthy. Big Joe, have a good, uh, stay dry out there and have a great Monday, my friend. Talk to you later, Evo. See you, buddy. Yeah, what he was referring to there, that was when Joe Ingles, like, barely had his hand. Like, he, it, I don't even know if he was, like, touching him. If he was touching him, <laughs> it was, like, the softest, most gentle touch I've ever was seen. Like feeling the fabric on his jersey. And then on the very next play, like, down the court. The Suns were way more physical with the Milwaukee Bucks player, and they didn't call the foul. I never understood. Like, and that's why people wonder if the NBA is fixed. Well, the NBA, <laughs> and it came out that there was NBA refereeing is is so mind-numbingly bizarre. Uh, I saw Clay Thompson collect the ball, uh, take a dribble, and then pick up his dribble, and then decided to start dribbling again. Uh, they never called it. It was a, a clear and obvious double dribble. And they never called it, and they went and uh, he scored a layup, and the Lakers were losing their minds over it. It was hilarious to see LeBron and Anthony Davis cry and cry and cry. And then, Rowdy, uh, there's a, I forget the guy's handle on social media, but he just highlights every game of all the absurd traveling that is always done in the NBA and how they never call it. I mean, if you, if you want fundamentals, it's, the NBA is not for you. If you want to see some sick plays with maybe some you know rules being called loosely, the NBA is for you. Line two, good morning. What up, boys? Mitch and Madison. Mitch, you're up bright and early. What's up, man? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, hey, I know that you and I love to make fun of the pocket protector folks, but <laughs> they're 100% right with the Badgers thing. How you don't foul Dickinson in that position for and get two free throws instead of the three and that basically clinch the game? That that's, I, I don't know, man. Uh, that's that's bad. And then the bigger problem on top of that is being the quote-unquote last team in never works out because there's always teams like Rowdy's sister Jean to sneak into the tournament, you know, win their conference when they're not supposed to. Or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Some weird crap where a couple teams that aren't on the radar get in because of tournament wins. So it, they're going to, yeah, it's... It, 
that was tough. But that they have tough. nobody to blame but themselves on that one. We need sure. a big win over Purdue on Thursday, Mitch. Let's go. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, how you been, man? What's good? Why are you up so early? You, you, good, uh, making the got donuts? Some work stuff. End of the month. End of the month, man. It's freaking dicey outside. Uh, at least it's not 32 because if it was freezing right now, there'd be 50 million cars in the ditch. Dude, the rain you. is wild. It's crazy. Yeah, it's it's. It's yeah. Get it's rid of the snow, dicey, though. I'm fine with that. Get rid of the snow. You know, fine, but even though it's dicey, I'm still listening to you guys and calling in because I have my priorities. Yeah. Well, you got one hand on the wheel. That's all you need. Come on. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Mitch, we love you, brother. Have a good Monday. Yeah, Get rid of that too. rain. See you, man. Yeah. See you. You got to have your priorities straight. One hand on the wheel. One hand dialing in the 608 321 Line three. Good morning. A lot of stuff going on. Terry from the north side. The king of the north. What's up, Terry? I got your Facebook message last night. Excited for the show today with that Badgers choke job. Well, first of all, you got to follow the play before the three-pointer. I mean, that's a, again, this is, where you are, you know, this is where your coach is going to cost you. If you're at home, maybe you think different. On the road, you cannot let the pass get that far down court. you got to do everything you can. Even if it's a, what the old version of the NBA it would be a loose ball foul, you've got to make contact. So that, you know, so the foul is called before that there's ever possession to get a three-pointer. Yeah. That was totally coaching again. As far as the Bucks goes, listen, guys, it's always simple. The superstar is always going to get the call. Anytime Giannis puts his head down and goes to the hoop, he's going to the line. You, know, the, the, you can complain about the guys that are getting touched. And, and it, it, that's just the way the officiating is in the NBA. The superstar is going to get every call, every Jordan did, Jabbar did, Magic did. Every superstar is going to get the call. Oh, yeah. If you're a superstar, you always get calls. No doubt. And I'll be honest with you. You talk about Wisconsin losing the Bucks very easy. Could have went to overtime with the foul. He hits the three-pointer and goes to the line. We go to overtime. Yeah. You know, I mean, that, that was kind of interesting to see. But Yoder's got to foul. Yoder, excuse me. Guard <laughs> has got to foul the play before the three-pointer. You can't foul on the three-pointer. You foul before the three-pointer when the long pass comes in. Yep, put him on the line hey, for two know, instead of three. Get, you talk about officiating. Let's give the officiating credit yesterday. Them guys made some great calls, especially the one that went off with the pinky. You know, naked eye can't see that. <laughs> the official was right there, made a great call. So I think there's times that you, you've got to take your hat off to these guys for the, for the remarkable job they do. And then yesterday's game was for both teams. Was well, well, you bring called. up a good point, Terry. I mean, uh, I, in a in a game, they get more calls right than they do wrong. It's just when you celebrate a right call, it's like that's you know they're just doing their job that they should be doing. It's always the you blow up over the bad calls because they're so egregious. You only think it's a bad call because it went against your team. You know, if you go to watch a game, this is how you really judge officiating. Go to a game where you don't care who wins, and ninety percent of your people can't do that. <laughs> you go to a game that you don't care who wins. Now judge officiating. But it's when your team is in it, of course you think the foul should be 27-7. You know, and as far as the, the tournament goes, do a high school. Just let everybody in. Let the whole country in. Play Minnesota against Purdue in the first round. Whoever comes out of the Big Ten then goes to the NCAA tournament. Move the whole thing through the whole country. Instead of all this crap going on, all these play-in games, Man. all this garbage, let everybody in, Evo. Three Terry, there's 358 NCAA Division One mas- men's basketball teams. How long would that tournament take? My God, who'd complain? You take two, what, take two more weekends. Be more to bet on, right, Rowdy? Off the first day. 358 teams, Terry. We whittle it down to one. Yeah, but uh, so how, how many Division One teams are there, Abel? You Three, say uh, 358. 
Okay, and then, so after the first weekend, you're down to what, 100 and what? <laughs> so half would go right off the bat the first weekend. Yeah, it'd be down to close to 120. Yeah. Yeah, and the next weekend, you'd be down, you know, so what? Two more, and you're playing Big Ten tournament games anyway, and you're playing all these other games. It isn't like you're not playing. I'd watch there. I'm sure you, a lot of other people would. Let them all in. Like, like you know. Could you imagine opening the two opening days of 358 teams? That'd be sick. Let them all in. Sure, let Minnesota play Purdue. Just think, then you'd truly get Cinderella stories out of that, Terry. Two against 15, three against 14, and the losers go home. And then whoever wins the Big Ten then goes to the NCAA tournament. God, 358 teams. Let's see. uh, Let's see. Who's the 358th team right now in Ken Palm? Lamar. You let it. What if Lamar went on a huge Cinderella story run and got into the, the and Lamar? And who's the best team in the country right now? Uh, Ken Palm's got. Let's see here. It's Houston. All right. So let Lamar play Houston. The winner goes home. Loser goes home. Yeah. And what if Houston lost to the 358th team? My God. It sounds better than all this other crap. That's Terry, I, I think you're on to something. I like that. I like it. I like it. But again. Again, guard, you got to follow the play before the three-pointer because mm. you're on the ro- you're on the road with the lead. You've got to follow then because then it's only and again, even though it's a, only a loose ball foul or whatever you want to call it in college, you there would have been a you would have been a shot free two free throws, no matter where the ball ended up, and it goes out of bounds. They put I don't know what two two seconds two two hundredths of a second, whatever in the heck it is, you know, and then they throw up a prayer and hit it. They'd stand a better chance of hitting the prayer than they would have from inbounding the ball Terry. from the end of the court, throwing it all the way down the other end. Before I let you go, you want to say anything to Greg Gard? You know, as Nelson used to say, you know, um, you're on mountain notice. You should have been on the mountain notice. And I want to see what happens with our great athletic director, what happens when the season ends. You know, And again, they talked about Wisconsin yesterday being young. They started four juniors. Did Michigan even have a junior on that roster? Did they not start five freshmen? You talk about being young. How old Hunter Dickinson? Yeah, Dickinson's been there oh, for a while. Like, yeah, he's right? like an old man. And, of course, they got the transfer from Duke. But Wisconsin, by far, is more of a veteran team than Michigan. And Michigan's got the worst team in the country. By, what's his name? Taking two consecutive timeouts in a row. Terry, give me a you're fired. You're fired. <laughs> we love you, Terry. Can't him go Cubs. Fire him now. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> You're fired. Dude, could you imagine? Hey, I don't mind Terry's idea. I don't know the logistics of it all, but th- you let 358 teams in the NCAA tournament? Woo-hoo-hoo. There'd be some logistics to work out. I don't know how you'd do it, but... Where there's a will, there's a way, all right? All right, over the weekend, uh, introduced new look, new era of Major League Baseball. The first Brewers game, Cactus League action on Saturday, which they won, by the way. Yeah, one and two now in spring training. But in it, Rowdy, new rules and now a pitch timer. The The first Cactus League game for the Brewers with the new pitch timer. So if the bases are empty, you get 15 seconds. If there's runner on, you get 20 seconds. And between hitters, just 30 seconds. With the new pitch clock, the game took two hours and 21 minutes. Now, a normal baseball game is like three hours and five minutes. New pitch clock era, two hours and 21 minutes. You don't like the uh, the pitch yeah, clock. Yeah, and then a lot of the games over the weekend, they were pretty much ranging from about two hours and 15 minutes to about two hours and 45 minutes. Kind of in that two and a half hour 
time frame. Cut back like 30 to 40 minutes. Now, I'm not a big fan of it. There's a few reasons why, but all of a sudden you're getting additional balls or strikes where if the batter is not in and ready to go in this time frame, it's an automatic strike. Strike. If the pitcher doesn't throw it in the time frame, it's an automatic ball. No, you have to be in your delivery. The ball doesn't have to be out of your hand, but you have to be in your delivery as the clock hits zero. Now, there were a few big to-dos with this new rule here already in the first few days of spring training because there was one where bases were loaded, 3-2 count, and the pitcher didn't get the pitch off in time turns out to be an automatic walk. There's a run. Now it doesn't matter in spring training, but that's something that we could see or the flip side from that. You could say, okay, bases are loaded three, two count batters, not in the box, automatic strike three, which both happened over the weekend. Now, the reason that really, the one thing that really bugged me, it, it just doesn't seem like baseball getting a free ball or a free strike. There's a quickness to it. Obviously, The one thing that bugged me was there was a pitcher who they threw him a baseball, right? And he grabbed it. You know how they like to rub it down? Because those balls are pretty slick when they're brand new. Yeah. And even for safety purposes, if you got a guy throwing 98 and it's slick. You don't want that in your head. Yeah, you don't want that in your brain. Mm -mm. He rubs it down a little bit, but he's he's got the timer. Yeah. He, they didn't reset the clock. Oh, really? And he asked for a new ball. And also, so, the, so the clock was still ticking and the umpire throws him a new ball and he grabs it and then he starts to rub that one down. And, and it's not like this is taking two minutes. It was, no. hey, they threw him the ball. He didn't like it. He rubbed it down a little bit. He threw it out. They asked for another one. They threw him it. But the clock never reset. It's still ticking. So it was still ticking. And then he rubs it down, gets on the mound. He's getting pretty close to throwing it. And then it goes off. Ump comes from behind home plate, stops it, goes, nope, that's a ball. Ball. I, I don't like it. All right, so here's some, it just doesn't feel like baseball. Here's some numbers for you. Uh, the average time of the first 35 spring training games was two hours and 38 minutes. That's 23 minutes faster than last year's average springtime, uh, spring training game, excuse me, and 25 minutes faster than last year's average regular season nine-inning game. And my thing with, like, trying to – Baseball is trying to bring in more casual fans, which I get it. If you want to continue to grow the sport, you got to have more casual fans because not everyone can be a a diehard. But at the same time, I feel like you're losing a little bit. Like it just feels like it's sped up. And when baseball began a couple years after the Civil War. Yeah, less than a decade after the Civil War. I mean, they've changed the game that started a decade after the Civil War. (laughs) Maybe it's time for some updates then. I, I, it just feels like you're trying to speed up your product. Like, well, that's exactly what they're trying to do. Have you, have you ever, have you ever thought to yourself, man, this Badger game's too long or this Packer game is too long? I've thought that sometimes in Badger games where it's a close game and they have all their timeouts and there's 30 seconds left. I was like, my God. I meant like football. No. And those are all three to three and a half hours long. Yeah. It's because you like the sport. Yeah, I feel like you can only do so much to keep, to, to keep the casual fan. And one way would be, I don't know, 
maybe actually put your superstars out there. Cause again, Mike Trout could walk down state street and hardly anyone would recognize him. No, he's no. the best baseball player in this era. Mm-hmm. That's more on their marketing. Like I mean, they have to do a better job. The game hasn't changed. So they're trying to get more excitement into it by more a- like action, more action faster is I think what they're trying to do. Now, I actually don't think once they, you know, we have a month and a half to get this down. I don't think other than speed up the game that this pitch clock, once they get it all figured out, is going to have a huge deal. I don't think you're going to see a ton of guys this is shorter games. getting out of the box or they'll probably fix or at least reset the clock it's here a brand, yeah, when a, a guy gets a new ball. Yeah. Now, I will say this. There is a part of me that, you know, back in the day when you had like the Ryan Bronze of the world that would step oh out of the box the three, gloves, you know, the three times, four times in a bat. Yeah. Dude, the Velcro is fine on your glove, man. Make sure the straps are right. Yeah. The your, your jock hasn't right. moved. That was kind of annoying. So I, I guess it takes that out. But the I think the one thing that's actually going to change it, because there are other rules, the one that's really going to change it is the pickoffs. You only get to pick someone off two times. The third time, you can't throw over. Mm -hmm. Now, that's going to give guys huge leads. And the bases are bigger. Now, that's... Yeah, but they're a little bit bigger, but... That's minuscule, right? We're talking about a guy running down to... Well, for stealing, I mean, it's... Uh, it's bang, bang. But I think the bigger thing is the pickoffs. Because if, if you have a guy that's a huge base dealer and you've already made like a pickoff or two and he knows that you can't pick him off, he's going to have like a suicide lead. Oh, he's totally. going like, to like stand up into second base. Could you that, walk all the way down to second base? That I think is going <laughs> to change more than anything. And then you got people, oh, well, they changed the shift. I actually don't think the shift is going to be that big of an impact. Like it won't impact, in my opinion, guys like Christian Yelich because we know when Christian Yelich is, is going good, he likes to hit the ball the other way. He's got popped to the opposite field. Now, when he was in his Uh-oh. prime of 18 and 19, he was also hitting it, pulling the ball and hitting it into the seats. But he's all over. He can hit the ball to every field. It's go- only going to impact the rowdy Telezes of the world or the guys that are heavy pole hitters. That's the only one it's going to affect. And I don't even know if it's really going to give them much of an effect because what about this? What if you just... Say you got Rowdy Telez up to the plate, left-handed hitter, big pull hitter. Why don't you just take your uh, your left fielder and put him in shallow right field? Yeah. Now you basically have the same shift, but in, you just don't have a, a left fielder. Yeah. Like they could still, in theory, do that. It's almost like you're playing slow pitch softball, and you got a guy that's a big pull hitter. Where's the and, and now you move everyone into you know center right field if he's a left-hander. I don't think that's going to change it a ton. I think it's really the pickoffs. Okay, yeah. And it'll be more speed, which if we're talking about the Brewers, we got to talk about some of the young guns that have been playing the last few days. Garrett Mitchell balled out yeah, against the fire. Dodgers. He hit two home runs and in three at-bats. He's a guy that can play the speed game. He can steal 20, 30 bases. Sal Freelix, also one of their top prospects. He played quite well in the first couple games. He's another guy that can steal 20, 30 bases. Damn. Joey Weimer played pretty well in the first couple of games. He's a guy, even though he's 6'5", like 220, he's got a lot of speed too. He can steal 20 bases. If the Brewers are going to sell off the Burns and the Adamases and the Woodruffs of the world, they do have a core of really good, young, fast outfielders that are maybe even more positioned to compete and succeed in today's game if we're going to put an emphasis on stealing bases because 
in theory, in a perfect world, right? And Yelich was not here, and you moved on from everybody else. <laughs> and your world. starting outfield was Mitchell, Freelich, and Weimer, because they all end up being good big leaguers, which that's not a guarantee. But again, in this perfect world, all three of those guys can steal 20 to 30 bases a season, and now you get more advantageous to stealing. Mm-hmm. The Brewers might actually be set up if those guys hit and become good big league players to have some pretty good teams, to have some pretty good outfielders, to have a good young core. And that's not even talking about Jackson Cheerio, who's not even 19 years old yet, and he made it to double A and in high A was putting up the same numbers that only guys like, I don't know, Bryce Harper, Willie Mays, Mickey Mantle, some of the best historic players of all time. like. Yeah, he's putting up numbers at that age, at that level, that only those certain guys, the only guy you that you would me the say, Brewers have the next Mickey Mantle? Who is this guy that you wouldn't recognize from the list, And if you're a casual fan, is Wander Franco, and he's like a twenty early 20-year-old 20 shortstop with the Rays, and he played pretty well but was hurt last season. All those guys were studs that he's in a category with. He turns 19 in like two weeks. Yeah, crazy. And he's going to be starting at least at double A and probably will end the season at triple A. Crazy, man. So you got a really good young core if they do decide to get rid of these guys. But you're not going to see, you probably maybe will see Freelick or Weimer towards the end of the season in a September call up. I think they're going to want to keep them at triple A for a full year. Bryce uh, or Garrett Mitchell will probably be your starting center fielder. But yeah, the Brewers are on the cusp and some of these rules might actually make them even better. Yeah, I'll get more into the uh, the pitch clock rules coming up here as uh, there's some interesting stats I just found uh, about it. Are you a fan? Are you not a fan? I don't mind it because it makes my job easier of the doing the radio side of things when the Brewers are on because I don't have to spend four hours of my day worrying about it. I can only spend three hours of my day worrying about it. I would say I normally only start to feel like, oh, this game feels like it's taking a while if it's over three and a half hours. Oh, when they go in the extra—that's when I like. I loved, but also didn't love when they had the extra runner on second and in, in extra innings. I was like, "Thank God, get this game over with." Because after once you get an extra, it was like a four-hour-long game. You're like, "Please, God, just kill me now." Out of all the rules that they came up with that are newer to try and speed the game up, the only one that I actually didn't mind was an extra inning starting the runner on second because I, I thought yeah. it brought in a lot of other strategy around it. But all the other stuff so far, I'm meh, not a huge fan. Give me a meh. I don't mind the pitch clock. I, I like the faster games. It's different. Part of me likes it, part of me doesn't. I think I'm more on the like it side just because it makes it faster. Well, that's what I liked about baseball, though, is there was no like time limit on it. How about this? So the first 35 games, the average time was 2 hours and 38 minutes. 23 minutes faster than last year's spring training and 25 minutes faster than last year's average regular season nine game, uh, nine-inning game, excuse me. The last time that it was two hours and 40 minutes... Brody, take a, take a stab in the dark. When is the last time a regular season nine-inning baseball game averaged under two hours and 40 minutes? It has happened before. Yep. I'm going to go 1992. 1985. Was, kind of close. Yeah, you were. That was the last time that regular season nine inning games averaged under two hours and 40 minutes was 1985. That's what happened in the first 35 here. 
in spring training. Uh, let's see here. So how it works, pitchers have 15 seconds to begin their throwing motion with the bases empty and 20 seconds with runners on base. Uh, violations earn an automatic ball. It's not just pitchers, though, who have to watch the clock. The batters are charged with an automatic strike if they're not ready to hit within eight seconds of the clock starting. And it's that aspect of the rule that got most attention over the weekend as the Atlanta Braves and the Boston Red Sox, they were tied 6-6, two outs, bases loaded, bottom of the ninth on Saturday, and Braves second baseman Cal Conley faced a full count. He did not. <laughs> uh, but as the for the drama, the home plate umpire called an automatic strike on Cal Conley for failing to be ready in time. So it was strike three, you're out, game over. So, again, a spring training, but it ended in a 6-6 tie. Uh, let's see here. Uh, the Braves manager, Brian Snicker, told The Athletic, I don't think this rule was intended for games to end like that. Well, what happened? Well, they'll just go to extra innings then in regular season. Um, uh, there's no caveat to the rule for extenuating circumstances either. So players will need to rapidly adjust to this new status quo in order to avoid or at least limit the chances of a game that actually matters uh, being decided by a clock violation. Imagine Rowdy in a regular season is tied and the pitcher doesn't get ready fast enough, bases are loaded, and he automatically walks in the go-ahead winning run. What if it's one of our players up to bat? What if What if this was a thing 10 years ago? When Ryan Braun was in his prime. Let's see. Velcro, and Velcro, go ahead. instead Velcro, of hitting Velcro. a walk off against like the Pirates, he strikes out because he's not in the box because he's adjusting his cup and strapping his gloves back on. We would riot. We'd be like, are you serious, dude? Uh, it would, well, as Brewers fans, you'd be like, it was a controversy. It was, it was prejudice against the Milwaukee Brewers. Like, how dare you do that? But for everyone else, you'd be like, yep, got you. And then also with the clock, are we going to have like the NFL? Are we going to have the NFL clock? Are we going to have the play clock? Because remember, I, there was a lot to do with, oh, the guys get off a half second early. Like the right uh, and left who's, tackles. Who's the Eagles guy that kept doing that? Well, Bakhtiari gets off early quite a bit too, like that half second. Mm. And then remember when everyone's bitching about, hey, it hit zero and there's no flag. Yep. And then the ref, well, it's like, you the know, ref, it's like Gene Steratore comes on and he's like, well, actually the ref is looking at it. Then he's got to look down at his watch and then he's got to throw the flag. So yeah. you really get about a half second to, so to in move. that time where he looks up, then looks down and then he's got to throw the flag. If the ball's off, he's not going to throw the flag. So are we going to have that half bounce second where it was like, well, it was at zero, but it, it just bounced half a second. And now he's in his windup. I mean, they're in that figuring out <laughs> like, process right now. Uh, but yeah, there's already games already were affected by it over the weekend. So it's. I don't know. It's, in- it's interesting. Uh, our guy Whiskey Pack says, I'm sorry, but if you didn't grow up a baseball fan, these rules aren't going to sway you. Like if you were, oh, I, I, I'm thinking about getting into baseball. Oh, they got a pitch clock now? Yeah, sure. I'll be a baseball fan. I don't think that's going to happen. And I'm I'm with them. I, I really don't think this is going to have a ton of fans gravitate towards baseball all of a sudden because it gets done an hour earlier. He does say, though, I get irritated when pitchers and batters call time and adjust their junk numerous times. That's the only thing that's one of the most annoying me. things in sport. Or if you do have the one pitcher where he's really struggling and he keeps stepping off or he keeps oh. throwing over, it is kind of, but maybe, maybe that's where you just have like the, see, I'm trying to think on the fly here, where it, maybe not three throwovers because two then. Or three. Well, it's two, and then they can't throw over again. Yeah. But maybe you have it at, like, four 
Five. You know what I mean? Because still, that's that's a cat and mouse game at first base, especially if you have like a Ricky Henderson out there. Ooh, Ricky. Like, Ricky. You got to watch him. It's if so you, annoying have, though when they keep throwing over there like eight times. Like, oh my God, just end it. So there are some of that, but I, I feel like it's not a ton of it. No, but when it does happen, you're just like, can like we Like adjust the rule this? to where three just seems like it's so, so small because if it is a big base dealer and they're getting a big lead, you might throw over there a few times just to keep them close or, yeah. you know, do whatever. I get it when it's four, five, six, but maybe that number shouldn't be three. Maybe it should be four or five. I need some old timers out there. I I was born in the eighties, but I didn't like, I didn't become self-aware until the early nineties. So 1985 was the last time regular season inning baseball was under two hours and 40 minutes. Uh, old timers out there that, you know, watched in the eighties and before, uh, as you've seen the game get longer and longer and longer throughout the years, are you glad that it's now, you know, getting back to how it was in the eighties? Or do you like, man, I like these long games. I like I just, that there's no time I'm just frame. waiting for all the owners like Mark Ananasio to complain about two hour and 15 minute games because they can't sell as much beer and food. Well, maybe they stop, maybe instead of stop serving in the seventh inning, they keep it the full game then. Maybe they open up the eighth and the ninth innings for us, you know, degenerates. We'll see. I'm not making my money now. The games are too short. <laughs> <laughs> you can't have your cake and eat it too, Mark. He's still trying, though. He is sure trying. All right, some college basketball craziness. Yes, the Hunter Dickinson three to tie it uh, on Wisconsin yesterday, and then eventually Michigan would go win in overtime. Uh, The three was a little ridiculous. A lot of people saying, well, why didn't you foul? Up three, foul, so they only have to shoot two. I understand it. I get it. Instead, uh, what a a Jordan Davis trying to go for the steal. Badgers firmly on that bubble. And you're going to be doing the bubble dance. For 13 more days. So when you tried to stomp Tyler Wall. Oh, yeah. And Hunter Dickinson tried to do his best in Damakasu and stomp on Wall's nuts. Or when he had a moving screen yeah. and that final three-pointer. I saw that. Loser. Sorry, you, can, you can bitch about the fact that Dickinson's the one that hit the shot. Because I definitely did. It was a crazy shot. You can bitch about, oh, him stomping people. Or you or, can bitch about him calling the Badgers starting the ball, scumbags. Starting it late. But all of that, honestly, from Hunter Dickinson doesn't really bug me that much. Yeah, it was a good shot, and of course it had to be him. Of course. Okay, you say you call the Badgers scumbags, whatever. It's a podcast, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Who cares? I, I don't say care. a lot of things. Oh, though. heat of the moment, maybe stopped him. You know, it is what it is. The thing that bugs me the most about that guy is he's a whiny little bitch. That's a fact. And then it's just how he carries himself on the court. He's a All whiner. the little things are kind of like whatever, but it's how he carries himself on the court. And 100% if I was Tyler Wall and got stomped and realized it, that dude would catch a flying elbow sometime Stop in the whining. post. Yes, there's like, no doubt about it. Flat out. Elbow right to the nose, to the jugular. We'll see how Oops, we'll see how his orbital bone holds up. Yeah, but like seriously, that's the thing about Hunter Dickinson. He's a pretty good player. Yeah, he's a good. He's Some a good of the player. things that he says and does is whatever. But it's how he carries himself on the court. Can't Stop stand whining. him. Yeah, can't stand you. Stop whining. Big time whiner, Hunter Dickinson. But oh, go back to the when Michigan came to the Cole Center, where he came in wearing a ski mask. And then was just 
doing everything in his power to, you know, aggravate Wisconsin Badger basketball fans. Good thing there's a bunch of boomers there, so they didn't really get too worked up over it. But, you know, Hunter Dickinson is so annoying. Big time three by him, and then Michigan handles their business in overtime. Wisconsin loses. It's the bubble dance from here on out. It's the it's the bubble dance. You better get ready, boys. Uh, but I'm getting tired of the bubble dance. How about, I like to be firmly in the tournament. It's that yeah. man. It's one. It's, it's been like the, the hokey pokey all year, though. It's the hokey pokey. You put your right foot in. You put your right foot it out. It really hasn't, though. It's been like the last. Your first four in. Your first four out. No, I'm talking about. You do the bubble dance and you in, in shake terms it all about. Of, like watching games. Outside of what two games, there's hasn't been a double digit win or loss. Yeah, their fir- their first one since December thirtieth was the the last yeah. uh, before the Michigan the game. Iowa game. Yeah, and now speaking of Iowa, speaking of the Iowa Hawkeyes, I was watching the Iowa Michigan State game on Saturday. I think we all were. <laughs> I happened to turn it off though, as Michigan State was up like what 13, 14 points, something like that. Mm-hmm. I'm watching this game. I'm like, oh, it's over. Uh, see, let's see here. Iowa was down 13 points with a minute 34 left. <laughs> Iowa was down 13 points with a minute 34 left. I turned the game off with like, I don't know, thir- around the 30-second mark. I have no idea. It was something around there. I said, the game's over. Michigan State's hitting their free throws. It's over. Well, uh, about a half an hour later in our group DMs, I get a message from Rowdy about the Iowa Hawkeyes covering. I said, wait, hang on a second. So I went and looked. I went back and messaged. I'm like, I will won that game. They were down 13 of a minute 34 left, 91 to 78. They end up winning the Iowa Hawkeyes in overtime, 112 to 106. It not only was a win, Rowdy, but it was also a what for you? Yeah, we won and covered because <laughs> covered. You know, I had a lot of golf bets out there over the weekend, and Friday night got a little carried away. <laughs> woke up a little. A little groggy Saturday morning going, man, I got to go do this again. I better get on a treadmill and get a sweat in. What? Who plays at 11 o'clock today? Uh, that's the team I'm going to watch while I get a little bit of a jog in and try and sweat some of this out <laughs> and feel a little bit better. It was Iowa-Michigan State. I go, eh, I don't know much. How about I'll take Iowa? They're at home. So took Iowa. Watched the game and... First half impressions were, well, it's 42 to 42. Michigan State has not missed a three-pointer, I don't think, at all. You know, that can't keep that up. Iowa will roll at home. They'll figure out a way. Iowa can roll up points really quick. Second half goes. I finally, uh, you know, I'm coming upstairs hanging out. I write it off. There's three and a half minutes left. They're down by 10. Michigan State at this point is 11 for 13 shooting from three. Like, they're not missing at all. I'm like, this is dumb. Uh, whatever. I'm going to go take a shower. I I go upstairs, take a shower, get out of the shower, check my phone, have a buddy sending me a message. Unbelievable. Iowa. And I don't know what he's talking about. Oh, yeah, I turned I, the TV off. I wrote it off. I, I, I ate some food. I, I took a shower. <laughs> RJ saw it through. And then I went back and looked and sure as crap. Not only did they get it to overtime, they won and they won by six and the line was five and a half. They won and covered. I literally, it was like around the third. I don't even know how much time was left. There wasn't much time. I'm like, this game's over. It's done. I don't need to watch this. And then they freaking went to overtime and won. Now in the game, one Francis McCaffrey reared his ugly head. He must, uh, he was on his I best love behavior. Fran. He's my favorite coach after Saturday. <laughs> he was on his best behavior against the Wisconsin Badgers. But then against Michigan State, boy, oh, boy, did Francis come out on the lunatic fringe. He got teed up, 
and then had like a uh, you know an old west stare down. The only thing missing was the guns for the duel. Him and this ref uh, during a timeout, just uh, how far away? Like ten feet away from each other. It started out that way. Just staring at each other. Francis McCaffrey just given the death stare. It's like who will blink first? So Francis is this, staring at him. And the this ref is during a timeout. Yes, during timeout. As this team's trying to prepare for whatever's going to happen next after the timeout, Fran is staring down this referee, and this referee is staring right back at him, not backing down. Fran takes a couple steps towards the ref. The ref kind of gets this grin on his face, keeps staring. Fran takes a couple more steps towards the ref. The ref then takes steps toward Fran McCaffrey. They're almost touching nose to nose. Who will blink first staring contest during this time? It was probably like a 20-second interaction of a stare down. And then finally, Fran McCaffrey's hold me back guy realized, oh, yeah, I'm getting paid it on staff to hold Fran McCaffrey back. Came and grabbed McCaffrey kind of by his belt loops and drug him back. Well, the best part is a player tried to do it first. Yeah, then like, Fran- Before all this even happened, a player went and was like, hey, come on over here. What is wrong with this guy? What's uh- wrong with him? He's a flipping psychopath. I do think it's hilarious. I cha- I have changed my Big Ten villain. It's not Francis? It's not Fran. Fran is now the man after this. Fran is now the man <laughs> after this comeback and cover. And Hunter Dickinson is fully the Big Ten villain. <laughs> Fran is A-OK and, in my book. And he's still going to be here and another year because he you know ain't what? going to the I'm NBA. Gonna, I'm going to defend <laughs> Fran McCaffrey a little bit here today. It is, I don't know if it's maybe widely known, but... It should be known that a lot of times when they call timeouts and they go in their huddle, it's not the head coach that draws all the plays up and does all of the X's and O's. A lot of the times that's the assistant coach, especially in the NBA and (laughs) and higher division one college basketball levels. So if Fran's not the one drawing up the plays and doing it because it's his assistant's, He's got all the time in the world to stare. <laughs> He's got all the time in the that's, world to that's stare. That's not his job to draw up the play. That's assistant's job. He's got time. And said something about a player that played my position, and they didn't mention me. I, I would not have been happy either. So I, I'm with it for Philip. We're not perfect, folks. We do make a couple mistakes. What is happening here? What is happening here? It's the stare down. Between Fran McCaffrey. The, the ref just got this smirk on his face like, what are you going to do, dude? What are you going to swing on me? Like, what are you going to do besides just stare at me? Now, when I saw the the video of it, I did chuckle like, what in the hell is he doing? Is he really just going to stare at him? Let's see if I can find the one without the music on it. Uh... You got 93,173 fans standing on their feet for this one, Gorilla, and I hope my voice holds up. This is the biggest match of the history of professional wrestling. Oh. They, they're putting all kinds of super cuts over it. Yeah, a player comes up and tries to grab him. Fran then takes more steps forward as he got his hand on his hips. The ref then takes a couple steps forward, and he's just like, what are you going to do, dude? Like, what are you really going to do to me? And then the holding back guy comes. So I want to know, I mean, that is in- intimidating. That is, to the letter, a technical foul. Yeah. Why it's did hilarious. that ref throw it? Uh, I, I think the ref was having fun. With him, I, right yeah, I think he was laughing, too. Uh, Chris Murray said, uh, this is after the game, Chris Murray said the Fran McCaffrey technical and then the stare down rallied the team. Quote. Hold on. So he got another technical? Uh, well, he got a T, then he did the stare down. Okay. He said, quote, this is what Chris Murray said about Fran McCaffrey and the T and then the stare down. We seem to go on runs when coach gets a tech. 
definitely, I would say, it gives us a little more dog to fight for our coach and fight for each other as well. He should have done more against Wisconsin then. Well, I, I remember so Why many times. Why didn't Fran get a technical against Wisconsin? I remember so many times when Fran would get a technical against Wisconsin, then Wisconsin would go on a yeah, run. Wisconsin would go on a 10-2 run. Uh, there's so many people. Uh, let's see here. A guy covering uh, Iowa. Rashid Wallace and other uh, Rashid Wallace and other NBA players have been thrown out of games for this exact behavior. The Big Ten's failure to function in these situations. Uh, Fran McCaffrey went almost into the Indiana huddle earlier this season while screaming obscenities. It's quite striking how he get, like, uh, gets away with all of this. That is just hilarious. <laughs> I thought it was funny. Don't get me wrong. But it also adds to the frame of McCaffrey, like, you're such a donkey uh, element. All right. Anyways, that was hilarious. Weirdly enough, that actually just didn't bother me from Fran. I just, I didn't ch- bother. I, it it was ch- funny. I just chuckled at it like, <laughs> it, really? It was just funny. And then uh, as the I, Hunter Dickinson stuff is way more bothersome where it, it, it gets under your skin. <laughs> he just has to start doing that because he's a former five slash four star recruit who's not going to make the NBA. Well, yeah, he's got to he's got to let his college mark be known. Yeah, you know? and he's got to join up with uh, the youngest Bo Hannon to really get his slimy smarmy self going. Yep. And then there's this boys over uh, the weekend that was uh, the University of Purdue, Purdue Boilermakers. They clinched a share of the Big Ten. Now they lost to Indiana. They fell to Indiana on Saturday, seventy nine to seventy one. And their next game up is Wisconsin on Thursday. So Indiana's been, uh, well, they lost to Northwestern, lost to Maryland, then they beat Ohio State, they crushed them, and then they lost to Indiana. As now they come yeah, to Purdue's the Kohl Center. Scuffling. They come to the Kohl Center on Thursday. So Wisconsin, who also just is coming off a loss, I I don't know. Purdue's kind of scuffling, like you said, Rowdy, down the stretch here. They did just clinch a share of the Big Ten. Let's not act like Wisconsin's red hot here. No, I mean, Wisconsin just lost <laughs> to Michigan, as I just said. But, yeah, Purdue not looking the greatest of, in this final stretch of the regular Big Ten season. I don't know what's going to happen on Thursday. I know a lot of people are leaning towards Purdue coming in and dragging a big hog around. Fran's 9-13 and 13 against Wisconsin all time. Oh, Iowa. Really? Okay. <clears throat> So we'll see what happens as the the Wisconsin Badgers, if they get a win, if they get a win. I'm sure they didn't play a ton when he was at Siena. Hey, you don't know. (laughs) You don't know that. You don't know that. All right. Uh, Let's go to the phones. I think you're safe with that. Line one, good morning. 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 Hey, Kohar, is that the rain I hear in the background? It is the dulcet tones of the rain, yeah. Uh, Almost putting me to sleep. Uh, 80 miles an hour into my windshield right now, basically. One hand on the wheel, one hand on the phone, baby. Hell yeah. Hands? Who uses hands? <laughs> Not Waka Flocka. He just needs. No hands. Right. No hands. So, how many games the Badgers got left out of basketball? They got uh, Two. Purdue and Minnesota. Two. And then one guaranteed game in the Big Ten tournament. So basically their record at best could be a 500 in the Big Ten. Am I correct in that or not? Correct. They'd have to be, but that's beating Purdue, yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Very interesting. <laughs> well, <laughs> the big headline is that the Wisconsin hockey team plays in Michigan this coming weekend, too. Yes, so they we'll do. see what happens there. <clears throat> that might be the end of the line for old Tony. I don't know. RJ, what do you think? I, it's still one of those... You're bringing in a class of 11 kids. Like, oh God, if, if you, like, even if you get rid of them, like, there's no guarantee those 11 kids are coming. And that means you're expecting a lot of kids to leave. Your program is going to start from absolute scratch. 
Corey, do you ever just sit there and, it, you know, again, casual hockey guy talking here, but you look on okay. Friday night and they get absolutely worked 6-1. to one. And then they turn it around the next day and they win 2-1. to one. I feel like since the <laughs> second no half of the Big Ten, it, it, every this is just because I'll always check in on the hockey team and how the teams do, blah, blah, blah. Every single Friday, they get their asses kicked like five to nothing, <laughs> six to one, seven to nothing, and then they come back and win on Saturday. The definition of an average team, Rowdy, and below. They do say Saturdays are for the boys, but it, earlier in the year it was Fridays were for <laughs> the like, boys. If you're going to get your ass kicked that much on one day, how the hell can you come back the next day and win? Like it makes no sense. The team should be that. A very good question. They're consistently inconsistent. That's the best you can say about yep. it. It's been like that for a while. Yep. And so typical recruiting plays by RJ for hockey is it's supposed to be more than 11. I, always, I kind of forgot. What the no, I mean, usually it's a lot smaller than that. I mean, that's, I mean, I forget the roster count there, but I mean, that's like nearing half of a roster right there. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. That's a lot of dudes. Well, Are a lot of them like first round NHL picks? Uh, there are there are multiple not first round. I think there's one in there, but then there are okay. multiple NHL draft picks coming in, and a, a couple of more uh, decent goalies. But uh, the kid who's been getting the wins lately uh, has been playing a lot better than Jared Moe. So I wonder why Jared Moe has been playing so much this year when. Uh, the kid who got the wins the last three Saturdays uh, has been seeming to be playing a lot better. Um, but yeah, it's just play on Saturdays. It's one. Yeah, the Fridays. Just it's, Saturdays. it's one of those. Yeah, don't really. I, I, I we don't know, Corey. Yeah, yeah, I don't. It's a it's a conundrum. It's yeah, it's one of those. I could totally see him getting fired. It's one of those. Uh, if I think if you do, you're starting from. Z- Zero. You're starting from absolute brand new, um, and you know maybe that's what the program needs. Just hit a reset button and see where it goes. And I get like as a casual fan, Corey. Like obviously the Big Ten and the WCHA where they used to play. Like that. That's like the best Division One hockey for the most part. Wow. But. Well, For the most part. Now it's the National Collegiate Hockey Conference. But now I sit there and I look at it as like comparing it to other Wisconsin teams. Wisconsin wrestling, I mean, they haven't been the greatest. They also wrestle in the Big Ten where pretty much everyone but a couple teams is ranked in the top 25. So we're, right. you're splitting hairs when you're ranked 16th. It's like, well, you're not the greatest in the Big Ten, but there's also 12 teams in the top 25 in the Big Ten. But at least when I watch like the wrestling, they've been competitive. Like they're beating a seven team in Cornell. They beat Princeton, who was ranked. They barely lost to like Illinois by a point or or, uh, Purdue. And like it's like you barely lost to Iowa. We know how good Iowa is at wrestling. You barely lost to Northwestern. You probably should have won that match. You barely lost to Minnesota. You beat a ranked Northern Iowa. At least I know that they're close and just narrowly missing. It feels like hockey is such a. Man, you just get thumped. They turn themselves into a cul-de-sac is what it feels like, and they're just kind of <laughs> running around trying to figure out how to turn around and get back out. Yeah. And right now they're doing it with no lights on and uh, a busted turn signal. So, <laughs> you know, it's not a good situation. But, anyhow, Brewers started spring training. That was good to see. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, 
Yeah. Game times are a little bit less than they thought they'd be, too. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're going to get to that coming up. It's actually nice for a guy that has to uh, babysit the Brewers' logs, so it's nice. Sound <laughs> like a good concert this week at High Evil. Oh, it was badass, dude. It was awesome. I highly recommend uh, checking out Highly Suspect. Great band. All right. I'll have to talk off air. You got it. I'll send you some stuff. All right. See you, Corey. Take care easy, guys. See you, buddy. Talk to you later. See you. Uh, Badgers are one and zero versus Fran when he was at UNC Greensboro. Look at that line two. Good morning. <laughs> good morning. Uh, yep. Oh uh, yeah, I I was wanted to say I think that guard probably is has to have to be the worst communicator I've ever seen <laughs> because apparently he, he always it wants to follow when he's up three, but it never happens against Minnesota, yeah, Kansas. Yeah. I mean, the Badgers win that game. The Badgers Kansas win that game if they fall. You know, well, I mean, it just seems like every time he wants to do it, and it seems like they never do it. But apparently, to Jim Polzine and Petroikis, you know, as gatekeepers, <laughs> they always say that he he wants to do it, but it never seems to happen. I don't know. Like at least with Bo Ryan, he would just say, "I'm not going to foul up three. Yeah, you know, I'm going to be a stubborn old man." Guard <laughs> kind of tries to be a sneak and say that he didn't. Yeah. I mean, they had that game wrapped be, up. Well, you know, if he wants to be that type of a coach, coach at Pecatonica High School or something, you know, you're not, you're not up for this level. Apparently, you can't handle it. So I take it you know, I you're know. ready for the new era of Badger coaches then? Well, I know it's not going to happen, but uh, it's kind of like, you know, I know they should fire him, but I don't think they can because they fired Chris, and they're probably going to fire Granado. I mean, yeah. Yeah, Granado's so got to go. Yeah, I saw. I think he does have to go. And real quick on the wrestling, I know you mentioned that a little bit. Yeah, and I am not like fire every coach. And Bono has done some good things. He's really good at promoting, unlike Barry Davis. But the fact is that he can't get Wisconsin wrestlers because of different politics and stuff with uh, Askin Wrestling Academy. But. You know, they just can't close out on any state wrestlers right now. Yeah. And I was at the state wrestling tournament and the state championships on uh, Saturday, and yeah. none of those guys are going to Wisconsin. They're going to Missouri. They're going to Oklahoma State. They're going to Michigan. Penn State. You know, yep. and it's Penn State. Yeah, I mean, there's none of them are going to the, to the Badgers, and huh. I don't know what they're going to do about that. And I'm not blaming Bono in particular, but – well, he, he, he goes sucks. he goes there, right? Like, he tries to recruit those guys, well, doesn't he? The I, only guys they can get are guys from Stoughton, you know. I mean, that's about it. There you go, Rowdy. And, uh, and that's about it. I mean, I, I don't think they can really get over the hump unless they can start getting some of these state wrestlers. I don't know how they're going to do it. Yeah. But Wisconsin has tremendous high school wrestling. Yeah. And it's gotten better and better. But they can't get any of those guys. I just – and one more thing I don't like about Bono, I'm not saying he's the only coach who does this. But I've went to numerous duels this year yeah. where Gomez or somebody else chooses not to wrestle for whatever reason. And then they, I mean, I think one of the matches, I wasn't at it, but it was against Illinois. That was a close loss. He didn't wrestle. He's one of their top wrestlers. Mm-hmm. And there's stuff like that. I guess that's, I mean, that happens in wrestling more than other sports, but it's just something that kind of rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. But um, What's your name, man? Uh, Shane. Shane, thanks for calling in, Shane. Good stuff. Yeah, and like yep, one of the you. things, Shane, that I was going to say when it comes to getting in-state kids, because probably when I was in middle school is when all the ringers, advance, all those started popping up. And if you didn't go there, you, most of the time it felt like you were falling behind. 
Well, now with uh, Askren Wrestling Academy, and clearly Ben Askren is not a fan of UW because, let's be honest, he was slighted by them and not offered a scholarship and went to Missouri, and now he runs the best academies in the state. Which is in Wisconsin. Which is in Wisconsin. His boys are not going to the Badgers because of what happened to him back in the day. I don't know how you... Get yeah, over he that. And Bono had a falling out too. Yeah, so, and then okay. there's some other stuff with the Wisconsin, what training academy or yeah, whatever. A lot of politics. But like, until you like get Shane past that, politics. it's not going to happen, though. Yeah. Hey Shane, don't be a stranger, man. Good stuff, brother. <laughs>